This is Global Greek Influence. I'm Panagiotta Pimenidou. Today, a series of other than Greek expat guests starts to look into the synergy of what inspires the creative minds of people who live abroad and their experiences to understand and see other perspectives. Victor Osayo is with us today. He is from a very large family, a father, a son, and a great husband. He lately realized that when things get tough, he rises. He enjoys discussing ideas and is very passionate about helping professional men to transition from their corporate to lifestyle of freedom, whereby trading time for money should be a choice and not a must. This is why he created the Diaspora Chiefs podcast, where he invites guests who are doers to share their strategies and know-how to create a better life financially. Welcome to the show, Victor. Thank you very much. That's, that's an amazing introduction. I, oh, no. I went that, 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 is, that makes me like feel kind of good. Great, 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 great. That's a great introduction. Thank you very much, Gita, for having me. Uh, that's very nice to hear. So I was wondering, uh, what is entrepreneurship? Why is entrepreneurship better? Yeah, because oof, that's that's a good opening question. To me, entrepreneurship is this country was built on entrepreneurship on the backbones of entrepreneurs. So I believe the government should be more proactive in assisting or in creating an enabling environment for individuals to pursue whatever makes them become their best self in a very positive light. So, and it's entrepreneurship is, is freedom. Entrepreneurship is, it's you being your true self, being your, your, being who you actually are. That is what entrepreneurship means to me. It's you discovering yourself, following your own path. You don't need to be, you don't need to be sandwiched. You, you, it's you following your own path. That is why God actually created us for us to be, because we all have our unique gifts. So we need to express that gift and profit from it. We help, we give our value and we profit from it which is the consequences of being an entrepreneur. So it is creating that lifestyle for yourself. It is working, working, working. Even entrepreneurs, they work harder than going to the nine to five jobs. So entrepreneurship for me is, is, being, is being ideal to your true self. That is who you are. That is who I am. So... I guess each one of us has a different true self. So how can you see all these different true selves connecting to one another? Yeah, as, as an African that is living in the United Kingdom, what, what connects us is the shared, the shared value of where we are, the melting pot of where we are, the shared value of living, striving to become better every day, to live a very positive life, to live a lifestyle that 
most people dream of. So I believe that is what actually connects us better than, yeah, that's what actually connects us in a true sense. So in a sense, our happiness, our uh, search for happiness is something that connects us throughout this uh, life's journey. And we might come across one another, interact, and maybe learn from one another. Yeah, happiness, happiness is, for me, happiness is a choice as well. So our choices connect us, happiness connects us. We, we, find, we find happiness in ourselves. We find happiness in what we, what we choose to do. We find happiness in not, in not externally. That might sound like a cliche these days, but true happiness is within us. So I am happy and it is infectious. So happiness connects us. You find that if you say you go to a networking a networking environment. You find out that you get connected, your, your happy vibes attracts another happy person. That is very, very practical. So your happy vibes connect you to the next happy person. Before you know it, you have like a circle of happy people in a network, in a networking environment. So our choice to be happy. I think connects us faster than we even realize because we have this we have this emotive energy that goes out from our own from our own aura, which which is which is which we can actually hold, but it's very very real that it actually connects us more than we realize because it's an attraction. It's like a magnet. It's it's even more real than me talking to you. So. We don't see it, but I believe it is there. So to me, choice makes us, choice gives us this connection of where we are right now. It is by choice. We might say it by, yeah, it is by choice, but our, our, I want to go too deep. Our, our, we give out this very positive, happy energy and, when you say, oh yeah, I like this guy, I like, I like her, I like him, I like us to connect. That is the choice that I'm talking about. And what really connects or what is the relationship between resilience and personal accountability? <sighs> they all connect on the base level resilient, personal accountability, because it is your word. It is what you stand for. It is what resilience is that, you know what? I can't go down like this. So long there is breath in me, it's good. I can get up. I can dust myself and I am going to do this. I am going to change this. I'm going to live better. I'm going to, and you hold yourself, when you're speaking that, you hold yourself on the right hand with accountability. You know what? 
I said I'm going to do this and I've done it. So in a sense, you're saying that resilience comes from uh, owning our lives, of, uh, from having ownership of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Extreme ownership of our lives. Extreme ownership. Because it is very easy for me, for me coming from my background to start pointing fingers. There are a billion fingers for me to point, a billion um, examples for me to point towards why I should be down, why I shouldn't even speak out, why I should be in my, why, why, why I should be in my shell. But with resilience, personal ownership, um, extreme ownership, personal accountability, you know that you know what? I can't, I can't keep giving people this power over me. So the resilience in me, like, you know, it's, okay. Take this for example. I'm from a very large family. Mm -hmm. And I have, I have this vision for myself, you know what? My dad has 51 kids. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 51 kids, you know? I'm number 26. I had this vision for myself that, you know what? I can't, we're from a very small town in Nigeria. I can't live like this for the rest of my life. I have to start looking towards a better future for myself. So when, when things starts to happen that does not agree with the vision I have for myself, I have this resilience, you know what? No, 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 this is not what I saw for myself. I have to go past this. This can't stop me. I need to go more than this. I need to go higher than this. I need to go higher than this. That is, that is the resilience. When you have the vision for yourself, when you have what you want, when you when you know what you want, yeah. When you know what you want for yourself, there's this saying that says that a lion does not um, stop at every barking dog because the lion knows what they actually want. So when you see stuff, uh, when you see hurdles, you kind of just go through them or jump through them. Whatever way you need to pass them, you need to go through them. So I believe to me that is resilience. And you hold yourself accountable that you know what, I've got this vision and I'm holding myself personally accountable to go through and to actually accomplish what I have set myself up for. That is, I believe that is what we should be. In all honesty, we all should be more accountable to ourselves. We should be more accountable to ourselves. And now that we discuss about resilience and personal accountability, I guess that sometimes we have to go through some sort of uh, self-transformation. And how can transformation lead from corporate to a lifestyle of freedom? Hmm. That's another question. That is, that's another question that is good. Um, 
Yeah, I worked with um, I do contracting with the NHS, the National Health Service, as uh, an IT specialist, and also I contract with the network rail. So on the network rail is completely opposite to the NHS. The NHS will work 12 hours, very long hours. You see the doctors and the nurses, you see the specialists there, crazy hours. And these, um, these very brilliant people, they have amazing ideas. They want to, you see them when the phone rings and it's from their babysitter or whoever is looking their kids, you see them start panicking. And like, oh, my babysitter says they're closing late today. My babysitter has this appointment. I've not seen my husband for, for, for two days now. And you're living in the same house. So this is the extreme, what I'm talking about. Now, flip it. These guys, see, if you're working corporate, you have amazing talents. You, you, you must have been through so many type of personal or professional development. These are skills that you can actually leverage. The world right now don't need another expert. They just need people that even if one step ahead can show them the ropes of what to do. So moving from corporate to the lifestyle of freedom, it is, it is, it is liberating. It is, you see, I have a friend who, who works with the NHS. So he works days, for some funny reason, his wife works nights. The wife is a nurse. So their shift pattern, they, most, they, they usually get home, they see each other only weekends because he's coming and she's going, she's coming and he's going. But this guy, they need, they want to have a lifestyle of um, the kids seeing both parents at home. So it is invariably can be classified as an absentee parenting. So why? Because of the commitment to work. So the lifestyle of freedom is that that skill that you've learned, you can actually leverage that and give you more time to spend with your wife and your family or your husband and your family, have time off. You see people in the, in the corporate structure whereby they've not even had a weekend off or a week off, fine, they have the annual leaves, but the annual leave, they still want to like, because of the pressure of the bill, they still want to like add one or two hours on top, swap the annual leave. There are so many ways that they swap it and instead of going on annual leave, they pick up another job. So that is, the transition cannot be, it's not a hard sell that you need to live the best life for yourself and for your family. So in a sense, lifestyle of freedom today is about living our lives to the fullest, to say that I really enjoy spending time with my family or really enjoy doing things that really matter to me. 
because definitely our professions, to some extent, uh, are areas where we can express ourselves or we can feel useful. For example, if one wants to feel useful for um, the society, definitely being a nurse or a doctor is one of the uh, most uh, um, apparent jobs to do. But it's also amazing that you mentioned that even the public sector has uh, been transformed into a corporate environment. Yes, it is. It has been transformed because if you, there's no difference between um, working for, in my opinion, working for the public sector and working in Canary Wharf because they pull out 16 hours, they pull out all-nighters just to like hit a target. So whereas what, what I'm preaching about is that you should at least think about the possibility of leveraging your skills that you've learned or you've accumulated over the past, if it's one, two, three years, or at least learn, if you don't have any skills, just learn something and leverage that so that instead of, it should be, it's not, it's not supposed to be a must. So you can, you have a choice of, because on your contracting hours might be eight, but you are obliged to do double that. So if you're contracting, you can stick to your contracting hours. You know what? My contracting hours is eight hours. I'm not going beyond that. Then you come home because most of the time we are always happy doing, I am, doing what we love or what we like to do on our own terms. That is how we were created, to do things when we want it, not when we want it to our own detriment, but to do things the way we want it. That is the freedom I'm talking about. Now, your podcast is about diaspora. What was the need to be specific to diaspora? Yeah, the, my podcast is about diaspora because my dad was a chief before he passed on. So I see, I see myself as a chief and I deserve, I deserve the best. I deserve to be free. I deserve to call my own shots. So when I see people from my community, which is people from Nigeria, doing some type of odd jobs, and you see someone who's like a shattered accountant, in the UK doing a job that is below his actual qualification, it is crazy to me because this guy, you see, you see, you see a lady that she will tell you that I've been working in the banking sector back home. I've got ABC qualifications, experience, but now this is not what I'm supposed to be doing, but for me to for me to survive or for me to be able to pay my bills, I need to do a below par job. You get what I'm saying? To do a below par job. That is to me it is it is very frustrating seeing that. So 
why I created or why I founded the Diaspora Sheeps podcast is to, <coughs> excuse me, why I founded that is to, like, you know what, guys? There is a better world out there. There are better opportunities out there that you don't actually need to, you don't actually need to bring the world, the, the level playing field, no, not the level playing field, the entry barrier, but the barrier to entry has been reduced. We all have our smartphones. We can create a business from this. That is why I created the Diaspora Shifts podcast to invite guests who are who 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 are doers, who to invite guests who have actually succeeded in in entrepreneurship or who have succeeded in their chosen field to like, you know what? Each one teach one. Come tell us, how did you achieve this? How did you achieve that? Come, let's discuss. Listen to him talk about this. And if it's a skill, we all can learn from different aspects of, of from examples. We all, we, 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 we all can learn from, from anything. So that is why I say, okay, I need to like come up with these the Diaspora Shifts podcast, bring in guests, bring in doers, bring in um, business people, bring in experts, bring in not, not actually expert experts, but people who are doing stuff. Because there are so many experts who are not doing anything, but they are called experts. So I I go around and look for people who are actually like founders who are because okay, today now I spoke to a couple of guys who are, they are founders, they are creating amazing, these guys are doctors. They are creating, um, they are creating technology that is going to help millions of Africans who, who, who lack proper access to, to world-class doctors. So they are doing, they are creating amazing stuff. These are the people that I'm bringing to my, podcast so people to be aware that listen, you don't have to be this to do that. You just All you have to do is make up your mind and say, you know what, I need to create a better lifestyle for myself. I need this freedom. I like to travel. So, if anybody that wants to travel knows that traveling or anybody that who likes traveling knows that traveling is um, you need some resources to travel. And I don't want to worry about those resources when I'm traveling, when I'm on the road. So I need to create, um, I need to create a business around this lifestyle. So for a single mom or for a mom or a wife that is at home that wants to be the best mom that she can be or the best homekeeper that they can be, they can as well leverage the power of the internet, the power of creating a side venture, the power of creating the lifestyle that they want. That is why I created the Diaspora Sheaves podcast. Okay, so in a sense, you want to um, bring awareness to your audience, to the audience of your uh, expats, and uh, to not just bring awareness, but also to show them through your diaspora guests how things can be done and uh, make them feel more confident 
in their ability to uh, create a better life, an independent life from uh, the corporate environment. Now, if one uh, of if some of your audience would like to ask you, uh, what is success to you? What would you say? Success, success, success means it means different things to different people. But how about you? What does success mean to you? Success. What success means to me now is the path that I've chosen. I'm happy with it. And yeah, it's being happy with the path that I've chosen. I'm happy with the diaspora shifts. I'm happy if success, what success will mean to me in the diaspora chiefs um, community will be helping a family, helping a man takes care of his family by creating freedom, by creating time for themselves to spend with their family, to spend with their kids. That is freedom to me. Mm -hmm. oh, sorry, no, that is success to me. <laughs> uh, so in that sense, you have a success story uh, you have your own family, uh, and you feel very happy to have this family. So definitely this is a story of success that can resonate to your audience. But they also say failures lead to success. How do you experience failure? Hmm. The failures that have... That have and I've come my way. Um, you know, as um, as someone from, as to myself, someone from my background, I, my dad was a businessman, my mom, businesswoman, she's a trader. So, I always like to, uh, I always love business. I've always loved entrepreneurship. I've always loved to like, to exchange value for money. I've always liked that. So coming to this, um, coming to this environment, which is this United Kingdom, London to be precise, I saw so many opportunities. Every day, this one comes, oh, I want to do this. This one comes, oh, I want to do this. This one comes, I want to do this. So, and someone called it the shiny object syndrome. So I failed in almost everything that I want to like, you know what, well, let me go grab this. 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 I need this fast. I need it now. I need it now. I need it now. I need it now. So I failed in almost, not in almost, in all of them because the, the value behind it was, the intention behind it was wrong, in my opinion, from my own self-diagnosis, it is wrong. And why do you say that those experiences led to failure? Why did you see them as failure? Maybe because they were not fruitful? Uh, as soon as you started doing something, all of a sudden they, uh, they just stopped? 
So what happened actually? Not, not, not that they were not fruitful. They were fruitful. Some of them were really fruitful. But I'll find out that, nah, this is not what I actually want. Nah, this is not actually what I want. I tried MLM, nah, this is not what I actually want. It's just what is inside of me that, no. See, we can start, we can start an export business today. Oh, I want to be exporting um, car parts to Nigeria. And after I do the first one, yeah, make tons of money from it. The next minute I'll say, you know what? Hmm. Nah. What is, what is it that you didn't like in these cases? What made you feel that this is not, even though apparently it looked like a good opportunity, a good professional opportunity, why you didn't like it? Was it like a conflict with your core values? Yeah, it is absolutely conflict with my core values because what I'm doing now, I really, 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 on a very, very subconscious level, I really like what I'm doing now. While those other, um, those other ventures that I've tried, those other um, shiny stuff that I've chased, why they were not, why I was not successful in them because when I hit a snag, I stop. When I get any obstacle, I stop. But what I'm doing now, I've faced a lot of obstacles. I've tested myself. There's so many. But no, I keep doing the hoop over it. I keep jumping over them. And I laugh about, and I laugh about it. When I jump over it, and when I overcome them, I laugh. Compared to before, when those kind of obstacles come in, because it's not really ingrained in me. It's not really what I'm really, really passionate about. I just like, you know what, I can't do this anymore. It might just be a sentence from someone. You know what, no, nah, I'm not gonna be dealing with this. I can do better than this. I'll just like quit. I'll just run away. I'll just like shift my focus. So it's not like um, it wasn't successful. Some of them, some of them um, were really monetized, but I just called myself, you know, I need to actually find something that I would really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. That is so, why, I, that's what I mean by, that's what I mean by those failures were actually failures because I wasn't enjoying doing them. So in a sense, something that apparently might look as a good opportunity because um, uh, there is, there's seemingly some profit there, some financial profit doesn't necessarily mean that this is what we might want to do or it doesn't necessarily correspond to what we're passionate about. At the end of the day, I always thought that if we do things in life that we really enjoy, money will come. And generally speaking, I think our number one priority shouldn't be money or financial success because unfortunately these days in the world we live in, most of the people think of success as having financial success or as being uh, recognized by a large group of people. I think the biggest success is to do what you really love 
And when you really love something, you feel happy, and then you attract people that you can inspire and that you can work with. And if you do something you really love every day, it will bring you definitely some uh, profit. But we should be focused on the things that we really want to do rather than what this society might tell us that we really need. Um, before we finish, how can people find out about your podcast? Yeah, the podcast is on... Before I go there, let me just quickly touch on what you just said. Of course. Financial, financial gain. Anybody can actually make money. But would you really enjoy making money doing what you are doing? How long would you enjoy doing this? That is why most, that's why some people, in my opinion, when they get to a certain stage of say six, seven, eight figures, they sell off their business. When you see someone who is making six figures and they just on their own business, you see the shop owner on the other side of the street, they stay there for like 10 years because they actually enjoy helping the community by that shop that they've got. So what you said is absolutely right. It's not, if you start helping people, you know what you are doing, start helping people, you'll find that, that the monetary value will actually compensate. It will match up. Yeah. So my podcast, you can find a podcast on iTunes and it's the Diaspora Chips and um, Google, um, Google Podcasts, um, Diaspora Chips, Stitcher, um, Spotify, yeah, wherever there's a podcast, you can find me there. You can find the Diaspora Chiefs there. And also at diasporachiefs.com. Thank you, Victor, for being with us. All the best to your Diaspora Chiefs podcast. I'm sure many, not from the same diaspora, will also find value in your podcast. Thank you very much, Greta. Thank you. Global Greek Greek influence listeners, please stay tuned for the next episode on Powering Greece. Thank you very much. See you soon.